This is Alicia Free, a badass belly dancer, musician, and real food enthusiast, here to help you feel a little lighter. Each show will dive into music that makes us want to dance. We'll share secrets of looking smoking hot in costume and everyday life. We'll dote on delicious whole food that makes us glow. And I'll throw in a damn sexy dance move you can try at home. It's happening. I'm going to an in-person belly dance festival. Art of the Belly is happening in Ocean City, Maryland, March 31st to April 3rd, 2022. So this festival is organized in part by the fabulous dancer Naima, who's featured in this interview. If you're listening to this before the festival, there might still be space in some of the workshops. And there's also a virtual component that you can attend April 8th to 10th from wherever you are in the world. I might regret saying this, but it feels like this pandemic might be winding down. And that is something to celebrate. Another thing I want to celebrate are reviews that are coming from listeners like you. If you haven't posted a review in Apple Podcasts for this podcast yet, please do that for me. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Here's a recent review from Ellie Shiva of Connecticut. Ellie Shiva wrote, It wasn't long before COVID in 2018 or 2019 that I stumbled upon a little lighter podcast hosted by Alicia Free. I saw it recommended on a short list of podcasts somewhere else. Might have been Maheen's newsletter. Yes, I'm a fan of geeking out on belly dance outside of the studio, reading blogs, poring over forum threads, and listening to podcasts. So I put it on one evening while puttering around the house, my favorite activity outside of belly dance. I loved it. Everything from Alicia's bright timbre of voice to her musical explanations to her vegan recipe idea was so fun. It gathered from her interests as a belly dancer and as the whole person and tied together in a way that worked. I enjoyed her podcast so much that I reached out to her to tell her I loved it. She asked if I'd be interested in being interviewed on a future podcast, and I replied yes. So in recent months, when I got a notification of a new podcast she's done and the diverse and exciting interviewees, I smile inside at how the podcast is growing and how it's so cool that I was her first interview on the podcast. I recommend taking a relaxing, edifying, and entertaining listen to this lovely packed full of goodies podcast thank you so much for the awesome review ellie shiva i'd love to hear feedback from you i put so much into creating this podcast for you please just do this one little thing for me naima is known for her mystique theatrical performances and gothic flair she is a drop-dead gorgeous baltimore-based visual artist who started belly dancing back in 1999 She's performed at many festivals, including Tribal Fest and Belly Palooza, and other events with great names like Belly Horror and Raven's Night. She has judged in dance and competitions and been featured in a music video and also been on the news. How many belly dancers have been on the news, right? That's pretty awesome. She's a very interesting dancer that you are going to love meeting virtually in this interview. When I first interviewed Naima back in May 2020, it was episode 43 of this podcast. And that's where Naima inspired me to start sewing big snaps onto my costumes. Thank you, Naima. Dance in my kitchen with kitchen knives. <laughs> Wear pencil eyeliner under my matte black liquid liner and eat furukake, which my kids love too. And that reminds me to get back into working on my belly flutter too, because I know you were featuring a belly flutter move back in that episode. I just got so much out of that episode. If you haven't heard it yet, it's worth scrolling down to past episodes of this podcast and putting episode 43 in your listening queue. And looking back at that interview, I realized it was recorded just a couple months after COVID shutdown in the U.S. had first began, and also before the murder of George Floyd. 
So a hell of a lot has happened in the world and our lives since then. And it's time to reconnect with Naima. And Naima recently took a trip to Egypt, and she's going to tell us all about it. How did it feel to be in Egypt during COVID? It felt very different than being in the United States during COVID. It was like COVID didn't really exist there. And they told us that going into it and we're like, come on. (laughs) But when we got there, we forgot that there was a pandemic happening. There were times where we went into buildings and we had to wear a mask, of course, but we were outside a lot and outside no one wore masks. And that surprised me, but it seemed fine. Everybody tested negative on the way back home, so it was fine. (laughs) Then you come back to the cold climates where we have to keep going inside. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Had you been to Egypt before? No, I had not. I went with Shannon Bishop's group, Black Cat Belly Dance Tours of Egypt. Black Cat Belly Dance Tours of Egypt. Yes, hosted by Shannon Bishop. Where's she located? In Pennsylvania. Has she been leading tours to Egypt for a while? Yeah, I believe she said about six years. It seems like it's been longer than that, though. She's been going there a lot. Awesome. And did you get to do some dancing while you were there? Absolutely. Lots of it. (laughs) There were group shows where people who were part of the group got to perform with live music, and that was fantastic. And we had parties where we got to dance. It was amazing. Well, so they invited the music in, or did you guys get to actually go to clubs too? Oh, we went to clubs, but also they invited music in. That's what we danced to. But we did go to clubs and we got to dance a little bit on the dance floor, but we mostly watched in the dance clubs. Amazing live performances. Cool. Now, what does the band formation look like at this point? Is there still like a keyboard or is there a full orchestra? There were lots of drums. <laughs> Some of them had 10 drummers or more. It was just so amazing to watch and hear. I saw the documentary At Night They Dance and they showed a lot of the weddings, like the alley weddings, and they had rows of frame drummers. Yeah. And uh, a singer really close to the mic, really loud, and like, all these frame drummers. Was it that kind of a thing? Yes. <laughs> oh, I'll link to it in the show notes, too, so you can see. So lots of drummers. Do they have strings? I didn't see a lot of strings. So like drums and electronic, like keyboards and everything. Yes. And two of them had accordions. Yeah. It's a yes. powerful instrument. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are people who I follow on Instagram that, you know, strap a darbuk up really high and have a mic in it. And it's just mm-hmm. them and the recorded music. Did you see anything like that too? Not really. It was all live music. One band did some more electronic stuff, but they were the opening act for the bigger band. (laughs) And so when you were at the clubs, was it just the dancer on stage that was dancing or did some of the audience members get up around their tables? It depends on the part of the night, but there were points where the dancers would have us come up and dance and times where we just wanted to watch. So (laughs) we just stood there and admired the dancer who was performing. And there were times where the dancer hadn't come out yet. So the opening act would have us come up and dance. We spent a lot of time watching the dancers. Cool. When I went to Egypt, it was right after September 11th. So what was that like 2001? And I just got to see the stuff that was made for tourists. I've always been like, oh my God, what's it like in there? How many of there were you? There were, I believe, 19 of us. Whoa, that is a big group. So everywhere you went, it was a party. Yes. (laughs) It was a great group of people too. And some people had been there before and they were extra helpful. And you brought some costumes and had a fabulous photo shoot too. 
Yes, I took some with me and then I bought some new ones while I was oh, there. Of course, right. <laughs> <laughs> did they take you to the marketplace? We did go there. There were also a couple of designers that brought their stuff to Yasmina's studio. There was so much to look at, but I was looking specifically for costumes that were long enough for me and black. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's what I got. <laughs> and I got three of them from Ooh. Ida Noor. You don't even have to go to a marketplace and haggle like crazy and not be able to touch things. (laughs) Yeah, we did do a lot of that too. (laughs) The people we went with are like, don't touch it unless you want to buy it because they're going to try and get you to buy it. But there was one place I went to where the vendor was just pulling out costumes from bags and things and showing them to me. And I was telling him what I wanted. (laughs) And by then it wasn't just black. I would say, okay, I'll take dark colors (laughs) on something long that fits me. And he was pulling out every color and he would hold it up. And if I said I didn't want it, he would just toss it aside. And I'm like, no, no. Oh, man. I remember being in India in Pushkar. It was literally a room with costumes piled up, just textiles like three feet. I'm like, how do they even do anything in here? (laughs) I guess there are rooms like that in the world with piles of costumes. Yeah. Did you see or learn about how COVID has changed the belly dance world in Egypt? When we were there, it seemed like... It may have been back to normal. We did talk to one of the drivers of one of the taxis we took, and he told us how bad things were during the initial start of COVID and how all the shops had to shut down and a lot of people were out of work. And he discussed how they're just now getting back on their feet and things are moving along much better than they were before. And the dancers seem to be doing pretty okay. Well, and that was November. So that's when we were all kind of taking a breath, like, oh, maybe this is going to be over, right? Yeah. And then was like, I'm the crown or whatever it is, you know? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if that continued for them or if they had to go back to, I don't know. This is all so weird. (laughs) (laughs) When does it just become the flu and when is it still deadly? And I don't know, but that's cool that you got to see Egypt flowing and partying and having a good time and interacting. Are Egyptians still dancing? On Instagram and Facebook, you see a lot of Eastern European dancers, for example. Is it still a thing for Egyptians to be performing at this point? I definitely saw a lot of Egyptians performing. We saw all Egyptian dancers, including the Tenora dancers. Everybody was Egyptian, and it was so great. <laughs> what are the Tenora dancers? They're like the whirling dervish Oh, yeah, dancers, yeah. And they have the big skirts. They usually light up and they do a lot of spinning. (laughs) We saw one really good one the last night we were there. It was known to be the best Tenora show around. It was truly amazing. We saw a lot of others and it was like they were doing their usual routine. And then there was this big show that we got to see at the end where it was over the top. They did a lot of things with the skirts. Where was that? That was in Cairo. So the woman who took you, she set it all up. So you had this fantastic show at the end. Yes. When you were watching the Egyptian dancers, was there something about what they were doing that you could explain that was different? 
than um, what we see in the States, for example. They definitely feel the music more. You can see that they're really into it. They can feel the lyrics, the nuances in the music, and just meld into it. <laughs> it was like a perfect bond, and it felt like we were at someone's family dinner, and we were just watching someone emote. And I didn't feel like I was someone outside looking in. I felt like I was part of the family and I had the opportunity to watch someone emote their feelings into the music. We don't have so many role models here for that kind of an experience, right? I feel like we have such a focus in the U.S. about doing it perfect and technique. Yes, exactly. Not so much the moding. Which is really funny because most people that are watching us dance don't know much about technique, but the human understands the feeling, right? We can see when someone is really into something. Their whole body is part of this experience. Yes. So that's, that definitely seems like something to work toward. And it's like their body grabs the music and it pulls it oh. in. <laughs> Ooh. You wonder too if there's less self-doubt. Oh, so there's that quality of immersion. Emoting is the word you're using coming out of you. Who are some of the big name dancers in Cairo now? I think when I was talking about seeing a lot of Eastern European women and dancers on Instagram, it's because I don't know Arabic. Like if I was searching for things in Arabic and commenting on things in Arabic, I bet I would see all different dancers come up. The ones we saw were Aziza of Cairo and Rhonda Kamal and Kyria and Yasmina, of course. But one of the ones I really wanted to see, but we didn't get a chance to see was Sahar. I love watching her. I also went to see Sherzad. She was in, I think, the U.S. at the time. I was so disappointed. But, you know, she's from the States. Did you guys travel a bit outside of Cairo? We started in Aswan. Yeah. Then we went to Luxor. Then we ended in Cairo. Did you notice differences in dance styles and music between the three cities? We saw Nubian dance in Aswan. And in Luxor, we met Kyria, and they were really into Saidi. And then we got to Cairo, and it was definitely more Hollywood glamour there. That's where all the nightclubs were, and all the top dancers in belly dance were. Were there any male performers? We saw a lot of male performers doing tenora and the stick dance. Atib, not so much belly dance. I'm so glad you got to see so much dance. So Hollywood glamour. Now, Saidi, how was that different? Well, the rhythm is different. And a lot of people use a cane to perform to Saidi. And it's earthier than what you would see at the nightclubs in Cairo. I had a really hard time remembering the difference between Belladi rhythm and Saidi rhythm for a while. And then I was like, oh, Belladi, the double doom is in the beginning. And Saidi, yeah. the double doom is in the center, right? Yes. And that's the thing. Doom, doom. You've got that anchor in the middle. I've always loved Saidi. So you got to see some cane dancing. Would they have like the curved canes or like the shiny ones? Well, most of it was tatib. So they just had the straight sticks or they had really long sticks that were straight but had some ornate designs on them. And they were a lot longer than I've seen here. I've seen dancers do tatib here and they have these wooden dowels, say, and then there they have like curtain rods and they're swinging them around. There was a group that did Tatib and they were doing interchanging formations and that was so great. Is that always men that do Tatib? I didn't see any women doing it there. You love dancing with sword. That's one of the things you love doing, right? 
Yes. Did you see anyone dancing with swords? No. <laughs> Do you have any thoughts on the future of belly dance in Egypt? Well, I did recently see that there's a dancer trying to get it to be more widely accepted throughout the country. Right now, they feel like they're being shoved into nightclubs or people are trying to cover them up and associating them with sex workers, whereas they want to be more out in the open and be more welcomed by the communities that they are in. So I'm hoping that things will aim in that direction. You always hear about dancing at parties and the women will dance together. and It's not embarrassing, but once you're in the spotlight and there are men, something shifts. But that's cool that someone's working on that. Did you hear anything about the morals police? Yes. That's pretty active still, isn't it? Yeah. So I've seen videos of the morals police where they'll show a video of one dancer and they'll be like, this, okay. And they'll show another video of another dancer. And I can't tell the difference. And they're like, this, no, inappropriate, (laughs) can't do it. I'm like, what are they even looking at? So I have no idea. That's always been a very big mystery to me. It's like, what are they looking for? Now I want to see these videos. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I can find that one because they're supposed to be like sitting in the back of the nightclub and the dancers have their permits or their licenses or something like that, right? They have to adhere to some kind of guidelines. Sounds very complicated to me. It's like, just just let the people dance. But no, there's other stuff going on. It is kind of an amazing gift in the U.S. where we can just do whatever the hell we want on stage. You know, Joe Boring. I went to see her show that she put on with Tessa Myers, And it's like, nobody can come in here and arrest anybody for what they're wearing and what position they're in on stage. (laughs) (laughs) That part of America is so free, for sure. So future belly dance in Egypt seems to be marching on. Hopefully it will become more acceptable for more dancers to dance. I want to interview so many more people from Turkey and Egypt trying to get Fifi Abdo on this podcast. I don't know how I'm going to do it. (laughs) I know I got to find a translator to ask her. I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) do. Yeah, that would be tough, but that would be awesome. (laughs) You know, I don't care. She even just kissed the microphone, but I think her energy is just so fabulous. And I had Badria of Belgium on recently, and she specializes in golden era belly dance. And she was saying that Fifi Abdo, she's a late golden era dancer. I never thought of her like that. And she's still mm. dancing and everybody else is like, I'm done. I'm out of the light, the cameras. And Phoebe is still like, hey, I'm going to dance everywhere I go, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so special. I'm hoping there are more people out there like that, that I just don't know about. More dancers that have been dancing for decades that are still celebrating themselves and having a really good time with it. But who knows? Yeah. And she dances in the most beautiful places. I enjoy watching her oh, yeah. clips on Instagram. <laughs> And all of her fashion too, so it's got like an interesting situation going on with her dress is really long or something, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she has so much fun with it, right? Yeah. Anybody that knows Fifi Abdo, tell her. <laughs> tell her that I love her and that I wanted to have her on the podcast. It'd be so much fun for her. <laughs> <laughs> and tell us about Art of the Belly and more fun things that you have coming up. We are splitting things up to do it hybrid. We're going to have an in-person event and we're going to have a virtual event the week after. So we've split up the teachers and we're going to host a virtual show as well to go with the virtual classes. I'm going. You guys do an in-person event. It was so funny. I signed up for the in-person event, I think, two days before it was canceled and before COVID shut down. (laughs) 
Oh, no. I just came back from Asia and I was like, oh my God, there's this event. I should go. And I signed up. I was like, ooh, I guess I the world is shutting down right now. <laughs> yeah. On this side. I've been <laughs> in Asia and that, you know, Asia had been shutting down for months at that point. But that sounds like a lot of organizing. You and Patty do a hell of a lot of stuff <laughs> to make <laughs> it all happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be easier for the in-person event because there's not as much work as usual to do. The online event, maybe it's because we've been online for the past two years and it just feels that way. So... Yes. Now, you did an online Art of the Belly in October of 2021. You guys did for Halloween. It was October 2020. And then we did it March 2021. So this is your third Art of the Belly online event. Yes. And so are you going to have the instructors that are coming from far away virtual? Yes, pretty much. Yeah. If you look at the lineup of performers that are coming in, It's a lot of people from around us. (laughs) We used to get a lot of people from out of state, sometimes other countries, but this year it's our surrounding areas. (laughs) It's really beautiful to turn a festival or a show to the local talent. When I went to Tessa and Joe Boring's event the other night, their Nutcracker Noir, they were really proud that the performers were from upstate New York. You know, that, yeah, they were really emphasizing that. I'm like, yeah, that is really beautiful. And of course, we want to have all these artists from all over come in because they're amazing. But we also need to celebrate who we have close to us, especially in COVID because it's part of the whole thing. Is there anything else you want to add about your trip to Egypt? The photo shoot was a lot of fun. We did a shoot with Yasmina of Cairo, and she has an Airbnb there. That's where we stayed. And we took some shots in the Airbnb, which is beautiful. And then we went out to explore. And that was an adventure, going out and doing the outdoor shoots in the desert. And we went to a lot of temples and museums, and it was so amazing. The shows, the sights. And oh, my favorite, we went on a hot air balloon ride in Luxor. That one was actually a surprise. It was offered to us after we checked into the hotel and we're like, yes, a lot of people had never been in a hot air balloon. You could tell people were nervous as they were getting into the basket. But once we were up in the air, everybody just loved it. I'm trying to visualize y'all in a basket. How many people can you fit in one of those? There were 20 of us in the basket. No way. They make hot air balloons that big? Yeah, it was a big basket. (laughs) Wow. The whole group went in the same hot air balloon. Yeah. (laughs) That's cool. So I'm always looking for the mindset of the dancers that I interview on this podcast because I always interview really fun dancers. (laughs) I just think it's more fun to spread that kind of energy around the podcast space and our dancer community. And it sounds like you went in with no expectations, but just knowing that you were going to appreciate whatever happens. Exactly. Traveling that way, man, he just lights everything up. I love traveling (laughs) with people like you. Tony Robbins says, trade your expectations for appreciation Mm. and see what happens in life. Free. I'm trying to teach that to my kids and hope they don't see my expectations for them about getting out the door for school. It was so much fun to have you back and hear about your experience in Egypt. And thank you for organizing the Art of the Belly Festival in Maryland because that is a labor of love. You do it because you love to highlight dancers in the community and bring musicians in and have a wild party for a few days on the beach in Maryland. So thank you for all that you're doing. And thank you. Yeah, thanks for being back on a little lighter. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe and let your friends know what you got out of this show. 
dance with me on YouTube, listen to the music I've selected for you on Spotify, and try some free vegan recipes on AliciaFree.com. This is Alicia Free, hoping this show helps you feel a little lighter.